Hi everyone, it's Vicki and I want to take this opportunity to give my personal testimony about using the relief salve from Opulent Organics. It eliminates my aching knee joints, discomfort, inflammation, and soreness after a hard workout. I have always had pain in my knees resulting from previous injuries and I don't smell like a medicine cabinet when I'm working out with others. The relief salve is made from beeswax, lavender, and eucalyptus oils. Their products are lab tested for purity and potency from independent third-party labs and Opulent Organics provides full transparency of their research to the consumer. Another important factor about using Opulent Organics, all of their products are THC free. So visit www.opulentorganics.com and use the discount code EXCUSEME20 on your order today. Be well, everyone. And Fanny broke up with me on Instagram. So I, I said, EXCUSE ME! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean, but behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences from no holds barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A-list superstars. The real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! Hey everyone, it's Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me! And on behalf of my co-host, Jerry Strauss, we want to thank you for tuning in once again on the Excuse Me podcast. We are so excited that each and every one of you are taking the time out to listen to our episodes. Thank you so much for liking, commenting, subscribing, requesting guests. We are learning and growing each and every week, and we can't do this without each and every one of you. So thank you so much to all of our fan base. And we also want to remind you that if you want to uh, to email us and give us your suggestions or comments, please email us at excusemevicky at outlook.com. And Jerry and I are reading these, and we are so excited for all your ideas of guests and just different ways that we can present the podcast. So thank you again, guys, for all your support. Now, this week's guest, I am keeping it all in the family, and I am so excited to bring on my son-in-law, who is formerly known as Aiden English in the WWE, he is Matt Raywalt, who is just, well, I am a little biased. He is my son-in-law. I love him. He is talented. And he's also the creator of Wrestling with Whiskey, which we will talk about more in the interview. Take a listen. Guys, um, I just want to get the word out that he is available for work. He is available to be an asset for all your promotions out there. Any promoters that are listening, please, guys, take a listen because this man he is just starting his career and he is going to go places and I am 100% behind him and believe in him. So enjoy the episode. Here we go, guys. Matt Raywalt. Excuse me! Hey, everyone. It's Vicky Guerrero and thank you once again for being on my podcast. I am so excited for each and every one of you joining us today. Um, I have such an incredible guest as like i said on social media i'm keeping it all in the family everyone please welcome matt raywell formerly known as aiden english hello son-in-law 
Hello, mama-in-law. <laughs> I love having my own show because I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> what, yeah. Straight shooting right from the hip. Anybody, anytime. I love it. Oh, thanks. I, I appreciate you so much being on the show. It's such a, um, a, a, a trying time for me and for you. And oh, yeah. I thought this was the perfect time. You know, you, you just got released from WWE. And I took that to my advantage because I know a lot of people. Absolutely. And so, <laughs> yeah. And you're the first one that I, I, of course, I put on my show. I am just so um, excited for you, Matt, in so many ways, because after I left WWE, I didn't, I didn't it's kind of scary. You know, you don't, you're used to having the schedule and the paycheck every week. But when I got outside of WWE, there was just so much opportunity. And I'm excited for you and everyone else, you know, that yeah. uh, has this, you know, chance to go outside WWE. And um, it's, there's a whole new world out there. You know, a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't steal my, my gimmick. <laughs> hey, I don't sing like you do. You and Shaw sing really good. <laughs> But for my followers and, and new listeners that don't know who Matt is, he is formerly known as Aiden English. You're a performer of song and theater, which I've heard personally. You sing amazing. You play the guitar. Uh, and that's from your college degree, correct? I mean, yeah. I uh, went to college for acting and theater. Okay. Wow. Because um, I can't sing. So I'm glad we have a singer in the family. Uh, you're a broadcaster, a writer. Um, an interviewer, uh, you're a professional wrestler, and, and an announcer. I mean, you do it all. I try to wear a lot of hats, especially now that I'm bald. I need a lot of <laughs> hats to wear. So, uh, but yeah, I know. <laughs> I've always you know, enjoyed doing lots of things. I, you know, I'm never happy doing just one thing. Yeah, you know, and um, you're, you're married to my, my oldest daughter, Shaw Marie. Uh, Y'all got married on January 3rd, 2016, and I found Oh, that's have... okay. Okay, good. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad somebody reminded <laughs> me. No, I just, um, I'm so uh, honored and blessed because we have such a great member of the family, and not only do we have, you know, wrestling in common, but um, you just make our, our whole life better because now there's a son, a son in law that I have in my family because I had all girls so it's been it's been such a pleasure having you and I know that uh I'm just tickled to death that you're on the show and and everyone from my Victor and Brandy they're all knowing that you're going to be on the show so I'm going to have some extra listeners for this week <laughs> awesome hell yeah and also you have a project that you started before while you're in the WWE called wrestling with whiskey and we're going to get into a lot of that um uh, in a minute. Um, I am so impressed by you. And the reason I told you I wanted to have you on my show was because I know a lot of people and the promoters, the Comic-Cons, all the appearances that you can do. I wanted to get the word out about you and, and to let everyone know that you're such a loyal, disciplined, um, self-taught, hard, hard worker and I think that anyone that's going to call you and book you for a show or anything, any kind of event, you're going to be such an asset to them. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And I look forward to any of those, obviously, opportunities. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I feel, always feel weird tooting my own horn kind of thing. But, no, like, I do. I do love priding myself on being hard, hardworking, giving you exactly kind of what you want. I love 
traveling and meeting people and just kind of doing everything. So the opportunities, like you said it earlier, are really, I look forward to a lot of those. And, you know, you have such an advantage to you because you're not just the wrestler. Uh, they put you on a microphone to, uh, you know, to commentate and to interview and you do it. And, and that's such an important asset in this industry because a lot of guys can't do one or the other, you know, it's either just wrestling or announcer, you do both. And I think that's so important. And you're showing the world that, you know, you have all these talents that you can bring with you where they want you to announce or commentate or wrestle or sing. I mean, whatever it is. And, and just by your, your storylines, you know, if the fans don't know this kind of storylines that you were involved in, um, you were part of the vaudevillains and mm -hmm. also uh, Rusev Day, which was my favorite. That, that was so much fun. Um, what are your feelings of those storylines? And what, what did you think about your experience in WWE? I mean, the, those were incredible stories. Those two are the, obviously the most prominent. Um, but just wild rides and such interesting, both of them being kind of pairs of characters, such interesting different characters uh, that not a lot of people, especially in like modern wrestling, maybe not since like 90s, you know, which was very character driven, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so to be able to do that and do it successfully in the modern era and just be this kind of, especially the vaudevillains, this black and white, like yeah. vaudeville showy kind of thing and all, all the goofy silent films we did, like that was so much fun because not a lot of people were, everyone is very, I wear black, I'm serious and I yell at the kind of thing. And so to, to do things like that was awesome. And then um, the one thing that I thought that I actually really loved about Rusev Day, and me and Rusev would talk about this a lot, is the fact that kind of, again, as silly as the concept of like inventing a holiday that's every single day, <laughs> as silly, which, is, which is the bedrock of the whole, whole persona, but in our, like, in our interviews and uh, backstages and all this stuff, it was a chance, especially like for him, who had always been the, he was just the brute. He was the crowning, brooding brute who just beat people up. But the guy's funny. The guy is, he's a goof when he wants to be. And for me, who was always just kind of a singing Broadway guy, which I still got to do that, but like I also got to, yeah, do comedy and do like really great matches with him. And everything. so it was, there was a chance, even though we were, it was so kind of crazy and out there, but we have both got a chance to bring way more of our real life personalities into it. And I think that's what people really connected with for that run. Yeah, you know, um, we're going um, to have you tell everyone how they can reach you for all the promoters, the agents, uh, Comic-Con shows, um, people overseas. How can they get a hold of you on social media and with your email so we can start getting them in contact with you? Yeah, so I mean, first, the easiest thing, emails, direct, you know, communication, everything. Uh, that's wrestlingwithwhiskey at gmail.com. Uh, that's that's where I respond to everybody through. Um, social wise, uh, you can still find me at Drama King Matt and on uh, both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Those are the, my big primary accounts. But then Wrestling with Whiskey is also on both Twitter and Instagram under Wrestling with Whiskey. If you look it up on both those, very easy. I try that's to easy. make it pretty pretty simple <laughs> to follow on all platforms. So basically, if you look up Drama King Drama King Matt or Wrestling With Whiskey on any of the social platforms, you will find me. And also on YouTube, also. 
They can oh God, see it. yes. You spring all over the place. YouTube, yep, youtube.com slash C slash wrestling with whiskey. I come, I come prepared. <laughs> Much better than I do. Um, but yes, uh, YouTube is the other primary outlet that I've been using, um, again, mostly for the wrestling with whiskey project. Okay, so, you know, to all my friends, um, you know, my agents and promoters, you guys need to book Matt. He is, I mean, hell, we could even do like a family appearance, you know, where I can manage you and Shaw could ring announce and, hey, I'll get the whole family involved and we'll just book ourselves. Hey. <laughs> anything we'll write, works. Our own, we'll write our own gimmicks. <laughs> we'll come with our own scripts and our own verbiage yeah. and everything. No, but I, I encourage everyone out there that's listening to that podcast on YouTube or on your favorite pod, uh, podcast platform, just give Matt a chance because he will wow your audience. He will bring such excitement and, and theater, uh, just the, the theatrics and the commentating. He will be great for your show. And I believe in him. I've seen him work and I'm just so proud of him. And there's just so many new beginnings for you, Matt. And I'm really excited for you at this day and time that we talk. Huh. Well, I appreciate it. No, it's like you said, I mean, when they say the world is your oyster, you know, hey, it's true. So dive in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's get on to wrestling with whiskey. This is, you know, I'm a beer drinker. I, I you know, right. when you came to my house last year and you, we broke out the, the Jameson, you know, just smelling it just made me nauseous because you're, you and your dad have always, you know, um, port sat, is that how y'all say it? Port sat or on the patio? Y'all yes, were? yes. Port sitting. That's right. Port sitting. Yes. And so, I, I don't do liquor very well, but you you seem to grow with this hobby that you have that it's acquired you to start this project with wrestling with whiskey. Um, how did that come about? Because, I mean, being just a beer drinker, I don't know anything about liquor. I, I don't know what the difference of bourbon and whiskey is. How did that become your interest? I mean, basically, it just it's just a proof that, like, I can't do – I can't enjoy anything without like turning it into like half a career. <laughs> I can't just be a fan of anything. That's what happened with wrestling. It was something I couldn't just like it. I had to do it. And now, same thing. This is like I've told people. This is the first thing since like wrestling when I you know when I was a little kid. So first thing as an adult that I've really 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 gotten into with a passion, and it all really just started from. I remember I was in my mid-20s. I remember me and Shala actually just moved into our, our first joint place in Orlando. And I just remember looking around and I'm like, well, everybody, I don't like, I didn't like doing shots. I didn't like, I wasn't a big beer fan. And so I mean, I, and I, by this time I was over a lot of that party kind of scene. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I want to kind of sip a drink like, for lack of a better term, like an adult, right? Yeah. And my dad, my dad had always kind of, he'd always just sipped on scotch and stuff like that. But I could never do it. For the thing, I could never stomach it. I could never smell it. It was like fire to me. But I was like, <laughs> it seems like, it, I'm like, it's an adult thing to do. I want to be able to do that. So I literally, um, I read a book. And we, we were in Barnes & Noble. And I was looking through like the cooking and, and like wine and spirits books and everything. And this guy had this book and I'm just flipping through and he was like, look, you have to drink whiskey every day. Um, and not, again, not, you're not getting wasted every day, but just like you have to sip on it a little bit every day and you get acquired to the burn and to the flavor and all this stuff. And so I sat on our couch where I would pour <laughs> a little bit every night 
with a, a Coke Zero in my hand, and I would sip, burn like hell, and chase. And then I would try to just space it out until I no longer needed the chaser and all this stuff. And then until I could do it, but and then even then you just kind of kept doing it for months and months. And then you start all of a sudden. I had an aha moment. I call like two or three months in, where I started tasting like fruit and you know caramels and like tobacco and like all these things. They start coming out, and you start getting it. And I don't know. Whiskey's kind of like I tell a lot of people. It, there's a niche for, for everything. You know, we see wrestling fans with conventions and all that stuff, right? Or or sci-fi fans, video game. You know, there's these underground groups and Facebook yeah. groups and all this stuff. It's the same thing. You wouldn't believe. Like there there are festivals and there are groups and there are online chats with grown men arguing over who's drinking what and you're an idiot if you like this brand and you're a <laughs> dumb noob if you don't know what this term means. Like it's crazy. Um, but it, it gives a whole sense of community. There's a whole world out there and there's a ton, especially right now, it's an exploding category, uh, bourbon and American whiskey. So there's so much to explore. And, you know, you've gotten really popular because you've been featured in two magazines for whiskey. One's called Bourbon Plus and the other one, Whiskey Advocate. Now, you know, from my perspective, I read like Cosmopolitans and, you know, fitness magazines, but something about the whiskey and bourbon magazines and the, um, you know, they, they, they seem very elegant and just real mature audiences. Like the, the format, the colors, the layout is very different than, you know, your people magazine, you know, it's sure. just, and even with your video on YouTube when your different videos, I love, I love how you set it up because it's like you're walking into this fine dining restaurant and you're getting ready to like sit down in your black tie. I mean, you made it really formal and just your whole, your whole setting of it, you put a lot of care and effort into it. Is, is that how you want to be, you know, is that something you did or do you have a team behind you or is this all your own creation? Oh, no, this, this is, I'm just me. Yeah, I don't, um, uh, this is, yeah, by hook or by crook kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, bootstrap from the, from the ground up, and I'm still, I'm still learning every single day. I'm sure if you know with doing this and everything like that, you learn more and more just on, on the technology and, when, and editing and all this stuff. And, um, but for me, I've actually, so I've wanted, always wanted a nice presentation, but honestly, the most important thing to me was being down to earth and being honest because there's a lot of, like with like anything where there's branding involved, there's often a lot of just kind of, hey, somebody either gave this to me for free or is paying me to do content, and so I'm gonna say whatever they want me to say sort yeah. of thing. And, it's, and someone who's had my, a little bit of visibility, that would be an easy trope to fall into. But I really cared about all this stuff and was really interested in it. So for me, it was always never uh, passing myself off as some kind of expert. I'm never telling you what to drink that is the, it is the best. I'm just giving you my personal thoughts. And I always wanted to be just totally down to earth and honest, whether I knew something or I didn't. Maybe I didn't have any idea where this came from, but I'm trying it today, so on and so forth. So for me, just being on the level was very important. Well, you know, you say that you keep telling us at the YouTube videos that you're not an expert. I repeat, I'm not an expert. But, Matt, you seem like you are because – you get the, okay, so you taste these bourbons and you, you twirl it around your glass and you hold it up to the light and 
the way you talk, like I taste cherry and I taste oak and I taste pecan. Um, I think that's pretty damn good for an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm trying. Um, and so hopefully, you know, one day I'll get there. It's like, hey, I've, I've been wrestling for the better part of a decade. I still don't consider myself an expert there. You know, I'm learning every day, as we always say. And, and it's the same here. Um, but I've, I've learned a lot. And I will say a lot of that has to do, I had really great teachers. Um, I was very lucky enough to meet a guy named Fred Minnick early on, who is kind of like a legend in especially bourbon journalism and everything like that. He's been writing, reviewing for everybody from Forbes to Whiskey Advocate to you know, his own work, uh, several books. So like he, he started talking to me right away and we chatted. He told me all kinds of things about tasting whiskey and um, so I've, I've, I've had some very good, like, just teachers and people help kind of guide me around and everything like that. And like I said, it's, that comes back to the community aspect around this. It's actually very, it's very tight knit. Yeah, you know, so uh, you and Shaw had moved uh, previously into um, another place. And so you, you had a bar there in your basement, which was beautiful. But so I, when I get, when you logged on today and I've been watching your videos and, and my husband, Chris, he loves your videos too. So it looked like you had a bar behind you because I didn't, I don't think we've seen the door before and the videos, but when I saw the door, I'm like, Oh my God, is that not going to closet? Cause it looks so elegant. I mean, it's a very good presentation of all your bottles. I'm trying, you know, it's, it, I'm always trying to do a little bit. It depends on the video too. Cause there's a couple that we have a small, like, council bar where I just keep a couple bottles out in like the living room kitchen area. Uh -huh. So sometimes I'll film in front of that. But uh, yeah, mostly it's this, cause this is the only place in the, we moved into the city. So we're in a condo instead of a house. So there's no basement. Yeah. So I need somewhere dark to hide the bottles. And um, this light is the one thing that will in the long term kill it. So uh, if we had this closet, Shaw thankfully didn't need it for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked, very, very politely, if I could use it <laughs> for uh, my bottles and uh, fit a couple shelves, wallpapered it, fit a couple shelves in there. And uh, I still want, I want to open it up a little bit more. I want to add different lighting. Um, and I'm struggling to stay in it right now. I'm bursting at the seams. <laughs> I might have to buy an armoire just for more. So I don't know. We'll see. That's so funny. It's like your little man cave. Like, shall give you like one little closet. Hey, it's more yes. than. It's more than what Chris got in our house, so you're doing really good. <laughs> Let's not spread the word. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, um, there's a lot of jargon that you talk about in your videos, and I'm lost because I drink Bud Light. I mean, that I can handle that all night. But you talk about um, speak of barrel. You know, when it's uh, explain the history of barrel and bottling, because you say, oh, it was barreled, and then it's bottled, and I, I this educate me you know and, and the fans yeah. too of what that means so super i mean super basically speaking so the one thing that makes whiskey different than a lot of experience like different than gin or vodka and some tequilas uh, are like this but not many um is whiskey the big thing that makes a difference is it's aged and usually for a long time especially compared to other spirits because even even tequilas and gins when they're aged sometimes it's a few months maybe a year but whiskey you usually don't see much whiskeys on the market less than two years at the absolute minimum. So basically when I'm saying it was barreled, that means it was distilled at a, at a distillery or whatever. Okay. They make it, it comes off of the stills completely clear. It looks like vodka. Whiskey looks like vodka in its natural state. Huh. The thing that gives 
um, almost all of its flavor and 100% of its color is going into a barrel. And, um, and then it sits in a warehouse for a number of years until they decide that it's ready. Um, and so, and different whiskeys have different rules. Bourbon, would because it's now legally a definitive product of the United States, uh, as of 1964, it's got a lot of rules. It has to be a certain recipe. It has to be aged a certain amount of time. It can't be, nothing can be added to it. Blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of rules and regulations. Wow. Um, Scotch has the same thing over in Scotland and all this stuff. So, but um, yeah, so barrel, to go back to the original barrel, just means that's when it came off the still. They put it into a barrel, threw it into a warehouse. And then when it's bottled is when they decide, hey, this is ready or we're ready to batch it together. And then the date it was thrown into the bottle and ends up on your shelf. Have you been able to walk through a distillery and see the process? Oh, several. I've been, I've been very lucky. Uh, I've gone just on a couple tours just as like a regular consumer because every distillery in the country you can go get tours of pretty much. And so I've just, I've done a lot of those and I've been lucky enough to be invited by a couple of distilleries to come out and, um, and you can see the see the operation and see how it works and everything like that. It's a very it's very cool and very complicated. Uh, I'm like I still have to go through my head. I've been kind of reading about this for the last three years now, and I still don't fully understand every aspect of like distillation. Like I couldn't give you every single step right now, but I, I have a basic idea. See, that's why I drink beer because it's just simple. <laughs> There's no dates to worry about. <laughs> it is, yeah, that is true. So let me ask you, now that you have, you know, you're outside of WWE, are you planning on something with Chicago to have, maybe I open up a whiskey bar or do you have something in mind that you're working on now that you can devote that time into your wrestling with whiskey? So there's so much, like ever, so ever since I've started that, uh, that's been the thing people have asked about, like, when are you going to make your own whiskey? You know, when are you yeah. going to do your own thing? And I didn't want to do anything especially the beginning for, for what I was talking about before. Like, look, I'm not going to put my name or uh, brand or whatever on a bottle of whiskey because I don't know enough yet. I'm not going to just, just because I can, because I have a little bit of visibility because wrestling and everything, I didn't want to take advantage of that. I wanted to dive in, know my stuff first. So uh, there's so many options. Yeah. Opening up a store, opening up a, or partnering on a bar. Um, I can't distill it because I don't know enough yet, but there are a lot of great people who do. Um, I would love to partner with maybe a distillery who could use someone to help, you know, promote the brand. Or anything. Um, that's the thing. I, what I'm good at is talking to people, yes. uh, talking passionately about whiskey, selling that idea and the, the beauty of it and everything. So something like that really intrigues me. Down the line, um, doing something what they call independent bottling, where you can basically wholesale, buy barrels, and then put out your own bottle you know I didn't make it and I put that on the label but like hey I love this whiskey that I have and here's here's why and blah 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 um so that's a possibility I've talked to one or two people about maybe partnering and doing something like that that's kind of long term but so for right now it's just kind of spreading what they call the gospel of uh bourbon <laughs> um and then yeah like I said maybe partnering with a brand or something at some point it would be a lot of fun well, you'd have a big family to, to support you, that's for sure. I mean, that would be so incredible. Um, we have a lot of fan mail that came in for you. And there was probably like over 50, but I, I narrowed it down because, of course, we're on a time limit. So there's a fan that says, um, 
Do you feel pressure marrying the daughter of Eddie Guerrero? <laughs> I want to hear this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's another question uh, I've gotten. That could be two part. That's a lot yeah. of parts to that one. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so I'm going to honest, like, there were like a ten. No, you know what? No, because at the end of the day, I really, it, that's not what was in my head, like when, when, when we met. Um, it was like as a new guy, you know, guy who was new to wrestling, who was just, you know, a developmental and when we met and everything, the just the fact of who she was crossed my mind. But then once we actually started talking and all that stuff, it just became, and I said this before, I mean, I have and to fall in love with a girl with a famous last name. That's it. Like it was her, she was first and foremost and everything that she brought and we talked about and the connection we formed and everything. That's what I focus on. That's all, that's all that's in my head. I mean, wrestling was in the background. That was you yeah. know, superfluous and everything. So, um, I don't know. I didn't know. I never felt the pressure myself because all I cared about was her as a human and as a person. And then, you know, all that extra stuff is, is, is an honor and it's, it's amazing and all that stuff, incredible history. But it, me, I was always just focused on our relationship. That's awesome. But he also asked, when you're in the ring, did you feel like you had to uh, portray something of Eddie's or you just, or did you just keep to being Aiden English? You know, is that what your, what your thoughts were? Yes. Um, no, never, ever did I feel like I had to do anything. Um, Good. So, I'm proud of um, you. I'm, that's a proud answer. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. But I mean, and I think that that should be true of, of any wrestler anywhere. But in this situation, no, I didn't feel like I, I was, I had worked hard and I'd done my, going to create my own persona. But, you know, having that connection to Shaw and to you guys, every so often it was fun to, you know, to throw in. Uh, I remember yeah. a SmackDown after Christmas one particular Got the throb and go a frog and stuff like that. So, um, just for fun and for my own, you know, both for me as with a connection to you guys, but also yeah. as kind of a fan. You know, growing up, I was a fan too. So, uh, every now and then, because I, again, because I wanted to, and it, and it was uh, it was a joy. Never, never because I felt I needed to. Good, good answer. I lo I love that. Okay, so here's another question. Name a memory backstage during WWE that you liked and disliked? There's always lots of both. I mean, as you, <laughs> as you well know, you know what I mean? That, that is so up and down and crazy. We um, would need a three-hour show to talk about no, <laughs> <laughs> To go through all of them. Um, one that I, I liked, and a lot of people think these are, like, so silly, and, like, they are, but, um, and I haven't thought about this. Wow, it just, for some reason, it just jumped into my head. Um... I remember my first year on the main roster with the Vaude Villains. We it was Fourth of uh, Fourth of July episode. Of, I believe it was Monday Night Raw. I still we were in Columbus, Ohio. I remember that already. And they did, you know about this? One of the classic food fights. Oh, I, I, I went through many there. <laughs> and so I knew we NXT. We never did that stuff and everything like that. So it was like this is gonna be. And they had everybody. They, they were. It was all hands on deck. We were pre-taping uh. it before the show, and me and my partner Simon Gosh got to have like a featured part where uh, we shut everybody up, and I was about to start singing, and then I got a pie in the face, <laughs> and that's when the whole food fight started. So we got to be the kind of the the cause of the whole fight, which was again. It's so silly, and a lot of people think they're stupid, but 
honestly, doing it in the moment for whatever reason, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, TV time is all good time. That's how I always yeah. look at it. <laughs> 100%, absolutely. Yeah. And so do uh, you have one that you don't like or dislike, if you want to share? I mean, the, I think this is kind of a common story. The, the things I disliked the most were never any, and I'm sorry to disappoint any, were never any like backstage altercations or somebody yelling at me or anything like that. That, that never really happened, thank goodness. Yeah. And for me, it was the, the hardest part, and I think wrestlers understand this, is when, when you don't have anything to do. You know, it's the classic, I'm in catering or whatever, when, and you're trying to get ideas going, and you're trying to pitch things, and just nothing's getting through, or people are too busy or can't hear you, when, and you're just left. That's the hardest part to deal with, is, is those stagnant periods. Our and doors so, are closed, and the doors are closed, and you can't, they tell you not to knock and disturb yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. so the, those, those are the hardest parts to get through. And um, honestly, that, that was, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, that was part of the reason I really dove more head in with the commentary. Because at the time, I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. And then at the time, for you know, I was in one of those kind of uh, low points. I wasn't doing much, and I wasn't even on a whole lot of live events. So, like, I felt really just like stagnant backstage and everything. I'm like, you know what? They're giving me the shot to do, uh, I was gonna 205 Live at the time. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm gonna have something every single week at TV here to do, to prepare for, a story to tell, uh, you know, a task to do. And like, I love that. Because more than, more than being like the spotlight wrestler and everything, I just love contributing. You know what I mean? Making the show better. How can I make the talent better? How can I make the story that we're all trying to tell better. Um, so I just love being a part of the show. So that um, that really helped me right there. That's awesome. Okay, here's another question for you. What is your favorite American brand whiskey? Ooh, the um, Frick. That you know, this is like the classic. What's your favorite movie? What's your there's? You see here, there's a reason I have you know 150. <laughs> of them. Uh, it's hard to choose, but. One thing that I always go to that I always very like highly recommend for people um, where they don't, I'm a huge fan. There's, there's a brand, Old Forester. Um, they have this, this bottle is called 1920. It's pretty strong, but I just think it's one of the best crafted uh, whiskeys out there. And it's widely available because a lot of the really, really good ones are kind of hard to find, but that one is on I've seen that on every shelf in liquor store in America. So I, I have a lot of, lot of, lot of love for that. Wow. Um, another one is, um, what, let's see, in Chicago, what is your favorite hangout to drink whiskey? Ooh, uh, besides my apartment? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now we're all stuck I mean, in our own place. Bar in town right here. <laughs> and it's free. Uh, well, not free because you had to pay for it, but right. you can drink whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I don't need a ride home or anything. But uh, so there, Chicago's got a lot of great places. But it's it, weird because it is tough because I normally nowadays, I used to when I was first getting into whiskey, I would order a whiskey at a restaurant when we'd go out to dinner or something because I'm like, oh, what do they have and stuff. But now I literally have anything I'd want. So I, I don't order it when I go out a lot. But I will say this. Um, there is a bar called Delilah's which is a world-famous whiskey bar uh, up in the Lincoln Park area. And then actually, just a few blocks from where we are, there's a place called the Twisted Spoke. Uh, it's like a biker bar. Um, 
they have a rotating uh, skeleton on a motorcycle on the roof. Uh, and so they're, yeah, they're just a few blocks away and they, they're awesome. They have a huge selection and they do half price whiskey Wednesdays. So that's always, uh, that's, a great, wow. that's a great deal. So some I've met friends there once or twice before and everything, and that's always a good time. And also, so what's the advice you would give someone that's new to wanting to try a bourbon or whiskey that walks into a liquor store? Is it the price of the bottle? What's important for someone to look at and and buying their first bottle? Uh, Like with it, start slow. Um, And my thing would be a start slow. If you've never like, if you've never had any really, you never sipped whiskey at all before, there's no problem like, it's like going with Jim Beam, you know, white label, $15 or whatever like that. Or, you know, I'm a huge believer of, what do you call it? A lot of people might know this bottle, but Wild Turkey 101. Oh. It's, I, I, you talk to any whiskey, like, there's a lot of connoisseurs who think that's phenomenal. And that, that you can find a bottle of that for 22 bucks. Um, in fact, my big advice would be don't, listen to price more expensive does not equal better really yes the, don't get me wrong there are some incredible bottles that are you know rare and limited that are very expensive so like it does happen but it does not automatically there are incredible bottles for 40 dollars and under i will say that there are tons of them you know so i, I wanted to ask you you know you go into uh like you go on amazon and you see all these products of you know whiskey products and um you see like those uh, whiskey stones and you see uh, just all these fancy bottles. Are those all important to, to love the hobby of drinking bourbon and whiskey? They, uh, I mean, they come with the territory because, you know, anything that there's a popularity around people will develop products for. And so when you nerd out about whiskey, you start nerding out about things. But for me, you don't need any, you need a glass at the end of the day. Um, or just a bottle. Yeah. True. <laughs> The only, I will say the only, the only thing that I'm, I will totally, totally uh, kind of promote. I think there's a glass that you see me usually doing my tastings out of. It's called a Glencairn glass. It's typically, it's typically, eh, excuse me, for scotch. But it's just a great, because it helps get the nose. It concentrates the aromas and everything like that. To me, having a couple of those, if you're going to really get into tasting and trying to pick out different notes and everything, Get a couple of those. But outside of that, everything else is kind of optional. So you, you did a fundraiser in December with Wrestling with Whiskey, correct? Uh, yeah, November, yes. November. So are you planning on doing any more? I mean, because it was successful. I mean, you had a really good turnout. Are you, are you planning any more for this year? I know th- I know. right now it's really hard with the coronavirus and stuff. Yeah. But so is that something you're looking at? 100%. So after I, I did that kind of like on a whim. I just wanted to use – the platform to give back and the nice thing is because whiskey i mean often a lot of these collectors and everything like that like without putting too much somewhere like a lot of like wealthier guys or like let's say are collector or people you know men and women because when you start getting those really fancy bottles it's a lot of money so the people who there's a lot of money to be thrown around in the whiskey world so i wanted to take advantage of that invite some of those people out to you know for a good cause um so I did that and I loved it. So I was like, I want to start doing this every year. So like you just said, so I literally, I, I was in the process of planning one for uh, May or June when all wow. of this obviously went down. And we had, we had the venue. 
I had 15 distilleries uh, on tap to come pour, uh, which was about four or five times as many as I had last time. The venue I had was about four times bigger than when I had last time. Uh, a, cha a, char a great charity on board. Um, a lot of great like donations, and I'm still hoping to do it. Um, but right now we're just kind of on pause, obviously. Yeah. We were hoping to have three, 400 people there, and that's kind of not in the cards right now, but it's yeah. definitely, in my mind, it's not gone. It's just yeah. we're going to have to maybe push it back to the fall or something like that. Well, you know what's great, though, also, Matt, when we work the indies, that we can book our own selves and take the weekends we want off, which yeah. is such a great thing. So when you're promoting your wrestling with whiskey and doing these um, projects, you can be available for all those events and not worry about conflicting with other schedules or whatnot. So that's another advantage that I wanted to point yeah. out to you. Um, yeah. So everyone, the agents and promoters, everyone out there, uh, to find Matt, uh, you want to go to IG, Drama King Matt, Twitter, Drama King Matt, IG and Twitter is Wrestling with Whiskey, uh, Wrestle with Whis Wrestling with Whiskey, right? On IG yeah. and then Twitter is uh, Wrestle Whiskey? Yeah. And for some reason, they wouldn't let me have the full thing. I don't know why. So I had to shorten it a little bit. I know. I hate Twitter. But I, I didn't really – I don't hate Twitter. It's just they're very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but um, is there anything you want to uh, leave with the fans before I give you my funny question of the day? Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. Because like I said, please, you know, reach out, uh, wrestlingwithwhiskey at gmail.com. Um, I mean, Pro Wrestling Tees, I have, I have a shirt, uh, shirt store there. Uh, I, have, I have two Wrestling With Whiskey shirts, and then I've got two more. Should be coming soon, more along the lines of good old uh, Drama King right here. So uh, check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling With Whiskey. And uh, I look forward, please, yeah, to all your, all your promotions and friends and everything like that. I am open and available. Hit me up. And, and when is the date that you can start uh, appearing? And what's your, your last uh, date? Right now, I believe it's July 17th. Okay, perfect. July 17th, guys, is the last day that Matt is under contract, and he's available to everyone. Um, Matt, I just love you to pieces, and I'm so happy that you're part of my family. Uh, my funny question of the day is, if you were stranded on an island, what two things would you bring with you, and it doesn't have, it's not going to be a person, it has to be two objects? Okay. Um... So probably, uh, see, like, do I answer silly or do I answer like real? My brain goes to like realistic, and no bourbon. Uh, <laughs> what? You're gonna drink it all? Yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I survive. Uh, quarantine. That's how I survive island quarantine. No. Okay. So, which bottle would you pick? They would maybe. Um, I would probably. My bottle that I got to personally select. Oh my So God. I got, yeah, I would bring that because we, uh, me and a group of friends personally selected that barrel for, uh, for release. So. And what's that bottle called? What's it called? That, so it, that's a brand called, uh, they're called New Riff. They're, oh, great. Okay. they're out of uh, Newport, Kentucky, which is right near Cincinnati. And uh, me and a couple of guys, including one or two from WWE, we got together two years in a row now. And we pick our own barrel, and then wow. uh, we, we take home bottles. And then um, there's a store in Kentucky that sells the rest of the barrel. And uh, yeah, so we've done that two years. We call it Whiskey Mania, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna, our plan is to keep doing it every single year. 
Very good. Okay, so you have a bottle of new riff with you on the yeah. island. And what's, yeah. the, what's the other object? Flare gun. <laughs> with hopefully more than one shot. That's what I was gonna. I was getting ready to say that you might need a few more shots. No, yeah. no knife, no lighter, no pot to boil water. Just gonna starve and be drunk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, give Shaw my love. I love you guys. I wish you so much success, and you're gonna do amazing things. I I know you are. You're a hard worker. You hustle. You're disciplined, and I just I'm so happy to call you my son-in-law. Oh, thank I love you too. We miss you. And thank you for everything. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And we'll, everyone's going to see you really soon. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Thank right, you. Bye. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for listening to the interview with Matt Raywalt. Promoters, agents, anyone out there that has wrestling promotions, please call Matt. He is just going to be an incredible addition to your promotions. And I vouch for him. His work ethic is just amazing. And um, I wish him the best. And remember, his last day under his WWE contract is July 17th. So call him, guys. Get him booked. And let's get this going. All right, guys. Now it's time for our interview edition with the interview queen, Miss Alicia Toot. Hello everyone, it's Alicia Toot here, and as always, I am super, super excited to welcome you all back to Tales from the Interview Queen. Nikki Cross is one of the most genuine, charismatic, funny, crazy, and captivating wrestlers to watch today. As one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions alongside Alexa Bliss, it was my absolute pleasure recently having the opportunity to interview the star of a woman for my show in a video interview. During the conversation, I had to ask her about her explosive energy in which she replied, it comes naturally. However, also during the conversation, she mentioned a certain coffee addiction that she has, even mentioning that at one point it got as bad as having up to five or six cups of coffee a day, which that's a lot, guys. Um, she also mentioned how she's been trying very hard to cut back on drinking all the coffee because her natural energy on top of drinking all of that caffeine that's an equation for an explosive Nikki Cross. So there you guys have it, a quick and fun tale for today. Thank you so much as always for listening to Tales from the Interview Queen. I'm Alicia Toot and be sure to follow me online at Alicia Toot and check out my interviews and YouTube channel for thousands of great tales, interviews, and vlogs. Until next time, bye. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast platform. Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me Vicky or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excuse me Vicky at outlook.com with questions or comments. Until next time, excuse me!